Today, Glendalee Allen Vosser talks with FarmLink's Chief Market Analyst Neil Townsend about what he expects to see when it comes to seeding intentions. Let's start by talking maybe about some of the key highlights that we're seeing in the markets right now as, as producers get set to get in the ground. Yeah, I mean, I think this sort of dominating issue, obviously, is the, you know, the tragic war being fought in Ukraine, it's having a, you know, very disruptive impact on the markets and on the world. And I mean, there's a lot of concerns about uh, food security, because, you know, it's a very critical country invading another very critical country for sort of the exportable surplus of the world in terms of grains and, and even critical oil seeds, including sunflowers and even, you know, uh, an incremental amount of rapeseed that's critical for the world. So and that's, that's one of the very big stories. You know, there's other things happening as well. So it's, you know, some people have used the term perfect storm. I'm not sure about that, but it's just a lot of variables in motion. And I'd say a couple other ones are, you know, there's a lot of inflation that's sort of happening all around the world that's causing, you know, a lot of geopolitical concerns or political concerns in countries and makes for rest of populations in some areas. And then, uh, and that doesn't show any signs of really uh, abating. And I think for farmers in Western Canada and around the world, I mean, we're going to be entering a much higher interest rate environment than we've experienced in the last little while. And that could get, you know, pretty challenging because it could go to levels that we haven't seen in, you know, a generation potentially. Uh, then the other thing too is I think we're not quite cured with, um, uh, you know, not, not to be a pun or anything like that, but we're not over completely the disruptive impacts of COVID-19. And we're seeing China right now sort of experience, uh, you know, a lot of disruption in, in terms of their economy and their ability to sort of ship things or import things in a timely manner because of, uh, you know, they're still pursuing a policy of, uh, you know, zero COVID or COVID zero, which means like full shutdowns. And, you know, one of the major cities in the world, Shanghai, is being shut down for, you know, almost a month. And that's had a, you know, extremely disruptive impact on, on, you know, the world shipping and, and just, you know, creates a lot of uncertainty and a lot of volatility. And that's exactly what all of those things do is just create heightened uncertainty and elevated volatility, which is, you know, having a an impact on everything that we do as farmers and in the farm community and also, you know, just as the general public. And, I mean, it's going to be very interesting as we proceed to 22-23. What are you hearing as far as seeding intentions? Well, that's a great question. There's still a little bit of a dynamic going on. Farmers maybe haven't made their absolute final decisions. I mean, you know, first and foremost, there is pretty solid adherence to the overall, um, you know, rotation concept. So if they were planting a grain, they're still thinking of planting a grain. If they're planting an oil seed, they're still thinking of planting an oil seed. Some exceptions to that would be, you know, there's certain circumstances where, you know, something was applied last year, a chemical or a fertilizer, and didn't get used up. So, uh, you know, maybe that will dictate instead of planting, you know, a derm, for example, they might plant something else because they don't want to plant it into a residual of sort of a chemical used for pulses. That's one thing we've heard. But the big winner looks to be oats going up about, at one point it was up, you know, double double digits, like 10 or 15%. Now we have it up to 6 or 7%. But again, Oats, despite a very tight uh, S&D, hasn't been doing much price-wise. So it'll be interesting to see if in the end uh, the oat acres don't quite reach the 6 or 7% increase that we see. 
perhaps one of the more surprising ones is that canola, despite having, you know, record prices or near record prices for the majority of the year and a strengthening price regime for new crop, hasn't been able to attract that many more acres. We've done our poll three, four times. And, you know, it's always one part art, one part science. We ask people, but we also sort of extrapolate other things we've heard and other investigations. And, you know, at, at best, we have canola kind of going up one or two percent in terms of acres. Uh, and, and those are probably the two that stick out the most. I mean, some of the smaller crops that we're seeing a bit of a bounce in would be, uh, you know, mustard, obviously, at very, very strong prices. We're seeing some more interest in that, a little bit more interest in flax um, and those types of things, a bit more interest in maybe canary seed. But of the major crops, you know, that's what we see. And, and then the other one that I, that I find particularly interesting, because I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, a, a really dynamic argument to be made that there's considerable upside to that crop is barley. Barley is down, and again, people have favored oats over barley, maybe, and, and even wheat over barley. But you know, the world barley situation could be very, very interesting in 22-23 because you know we're planting a very small crop in Western Canada by our standards for barley, and yet you know both Russia and Ukraine are critical components of the world trade of barley, and Ukraine could be completely offline. And you know, where do you substitute that barley? from it's very difficult to find it in other jurisdictions pulses are an interesting one i mean obviously i think um pulses were impacted by a lack of containers and a lack of exports you know a dynamic export kind of pull this year but the prices have been strong but what we're seeing in the pulses is we see p acres overall uh down two percent uh Yellow pea acres are actually up by one, but uh, greens are down fairly hard. It's one of the biggest uh, decreases year and year, down 20%. Uh, and then on the lentil front, we see really even acres at 0%. But again, we see reds gaining 1% and uh, large greens going down by 4%. Um, so, you know, pretty flat. And, and again, um, you know, depending on the export program and the pull from, from India, you know, pulse dynamics in Canada you know, could be pretty interesting because the stocks that we're going to pull into 22, 23 are going to be very tight. And one of the things we've been hearing lately is that, you know, the last uh, period of the growing season in um, in India was uh, there was some extreme heat. So they're, they're starting to maybe pull back some of the estimates of overall production in India from uh, from where they were heading. So that could be favorable also as well for the world market for pulses. Any more information as far as wheat and durum you'd like to share with producers? Sure. Like uh, wheat, uh, again, I mean, obviously we've seen very strong prices, especially over the last month. I mean, the, you know, the futures have gone up almost every day over the last 30 days. Um, and we have acres for, you know, non-durum wheat going up by 3%. You know, it's a pretty big total, but I, I will stress that the overall total is still below the five-year average. Um, again, uh, Durham acres are actually scheduled to go up 6%, but I think there's an overall, I mean, including uh, FarmLink, we've had a frustrating time with, with Durham this year. Uh, you know, so much promise before Christmas, and then the market just sort of fell off a cliff in January and never recovered anywhere close to the prices that we saw in the, in the early part of January. So, you know, Durham acres, when we pulled, like, around January, they were set to jump by a big amount, by about 10%. And every poll since then, they've gone back and they've clawed back. And I think, 
you know, as the situation progresses, I mean, maybe Duramakers will be flatter than our current estimate, which is to be up around 5%. You know, when things trend dry, I mean, Durham's a good choice and, and might beat out spring wheat in a lot of the sort of uh, core areas for Durham. But on the peripheral areas or uh, for Durham, I think there might be some switching from Durham over, over to spring wheat. So maybe spring wheat gains a few hundred thousand more acres and Durham declines by a couple hundred thousand. That's Neil Townsend, FarmLink's Chief Market Analyst for Golden West. I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.